Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Before I start um, the preaching, I want to ask you a question. Probably it is going to be a weird question for some of you, okay? Just think about it for a minute. How much does a Starbucks coffee cost? Well, some of you will say, well, Pastor, probably it depends on the size, on the type of coffee, but you already know the value of it, right? You're thinking of it. Okay, let me change the question. How much does a pound of tomato cost? Hmm, okay. So some of you ladies, you already know, right? Well, if you buy it on Costco, you know the value. Okay, I'm gonna change it again. So how much do you pay for rent? mortgage. You cannot forget about that one, right? It's a high value. But let me ask you this. What's the value of a soul? Does it have some value? Why you will say? No, it doesn't have value. Really? God created us to his image. The value that God puts to our souls is enormous. Not only that, Jesus took the decision to save us, to sacrifice himself for us. He saw a value in our souls. So we're not discussing the value that God sees on the souls. We are discussing the value that we see on souls. So if you say that souls have some value, how do you prove it? Are you involved in the Great Commission? Are you involved in missions? The thing is that the heart of God is to reach the lost. George Whitfield, one of the oldest uh, preachers, uh, uh, on the past generations ha- said, Oh Lord, give me souls or take, my, my, or take away my soul. Paul put it this way, To the weak became as a weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might be all men save some. I don't know if you remember on Luke when uh, Jesus was with the leper. Do you remember that story? Uh, something that touched me is that uh, when he he approached to the leper, the Bible gives us a detail. I don't know if you have realized that the Bible says that he touched him. So let me ask you this. Um, It was necessary for, for Jesus to touch him, to heal him? No, right? He can just say some words and he will be um, uh, healed, right? But I don't know if you know the story about the lepers and, the, and this disease. Leper was a horrible disease. They needed to actually introduce them, themselves when they were arriving to a city because no one wanted them to be close to them. It was so contagious that uh, they needed to live in, on the outside, on the skirts of the cities. No one were able to touch them. Not the families of them nor were able to touch them. A, a hug, a kiss for years and years. They were in agony. And this leper is there seeing Jesus. And Jesus goes 
and he touched them. Imagine that, that touch. Imagine being that leper for years and years without a hug, a kiss, and Jesus touched him and saved him. So let me ask you again, what's the value that you see on souls? It is the same as Jesus. Did you show the, the same value that Jesus showed for people? So join me uh, on Mark 2. Let's read the Bible. Mark 2. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be preaching on a story that you have read. It's so practical. So Mark 2. Mark 2. We're going to start from verse number 1. So we're going to be reading 12 verses, and if you can stand up, I'll appreciate it. So Mark 2, let's, let's start from uh, verse 1. So let's read uh, these verses all together, okay? So it says, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straight away, many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, not, not so much about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sink of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the praise, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let it down to the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he saw unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there was certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? who can forgive sins, but God only. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they saw reasoning within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? What well, is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or they say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye might know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I said unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I want you to see again verse number Five. Look what it says. When Jesus saw whose faith? Their faith. Who's talking about? The four men, right? So I want, to, um, I want to preach about these four men, the faith that they had in this day. So let's pray. Oh, God, thank you, Father, for all the good that you have been to us. Thank you because you allow us to come to your house this day and, and hear about your word. Please talk to our, our heart and our heads and uh, put all the distractions away so we can understand your word. So this 
uh, they, uh, this uh, service can, uh, can be a different one, and we can go away from here as a different Christian. Understanding your will, understanding that you want to save to the uttermost part of the world. Thank you, Father, stay with us, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can say thank you. In this story, we witness the greatness of Jesus. As he not only saves this, man, this paralytic man from his physical condition, but also from his spiritual state. However, we also see the fate of these four men that were carrying the palsy man. We see that these four men had a great faith that Jesus stopped and saw them, right? He stopped the preaching. He saw these little four heads, right, on the ceiling that, were, that, that they were uh, trying to uh, lay the man down. And he stopped, right? And the Bible confirms that Jesus was seeing their faith. Now, I want to uh, visualize it a little bit better. Uh, Pastor Shoy, uh, can you choose uh, four of the strongest men of the congregation? Where's Pastor? I don't see him. Okay, Brother Richard, can you, can you choose four men? They need to be the strongest of the church. <laughs> it's in the sound system, so he cannot come. <laughs> okay. If you want to volunteer, come. I just need the four strongest men in the congregation. Okay, have one. But I said strongest. I'm just kidding. Just go. <laughs> just one. I need three more. Okay. Yeah, great. Okay, so I need just one more. Okay, great. So you can stand here. So these are the four men that were carrying who? A palsy man, right? A paralytic. So I'm missing someone. The paralytic man, right? So who's it going to be? Let's see. Let me think. Hey, can you help me? Yes, you. So we have this formula here, right? Let me, let me ask you something. Well, not, not ask you, but let me, let me tell you something so you can think about. Imagine that a specific day. So Jesus was in a house, right? The Bible doesn't tell us anything about the house who, uh, or the people that was there. It was just a multitude, right? He was preaching, but the Bible gives us some details about that specific day. There was a paralytic man, he obviously was not able to walk towards Jesus, right? So they, they were hearing something about a guy that it was that Jesus that was saving, right, and healing. And they knew that their friend, we don't know the relationship of the paralytic man and the four men that were carrying him, but we know that they, were, they saw some value on his soul, right? That day, probably he was married, right, and, and, and with some kids. And that specific day, he decided to say, hey, wife, you know what? I know that I was going to bring uh, groceries. I know that I was going to go to work. But my friend needs help. He needs to be healed. 
He, can know, he can't go to Jesus walking by himself. So he needs to be uh, carried by me and, and my friends. So that specific day, he sacrificed some time and resources. He might be putting uh, his family in some danger because the man of the house was not there. The same goes with the other three men, right? So if you want to go to Walmart from here, what would you do? In your car, right? You will just go in your car and you will drive. So they have this car with four legs called camels, right? But that one was for just rich people. The Bible says that they were carrying him. Imagine, also they were carrying the bed where he was laid. So we don't know the distance, but we know that from city to city, there was miles and miles in the desert. So there were, if you can actually help me to carry him, and if you can come here. So don't worry, you're going to be there like that for 40 minutes. Just the sermon finished. Come here. Before you continue, just figure it out how you can grab him without being so tired at the end of the sermon, okay? Just, just try, just, you can talk. Yeah, okay, so, okay. That's the team that we have here, okay? So, come here. So, the, they're carrying this paralytic man, right? They're probably crossing cities. We don't know the distance. And they, 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 they're walking and walking, come this way now. So, they're doing exercise. They don't need to go to gym this, this week, right? <laughs> so, they figured it out how to carry the paralytic man, their friend, uh, without harm, right? So, the Bible tells that they were walking and all of a sudden they were to, in front of Jesus? No? What does the Bible say? Come again? Yeah, but they, they, they were struck with the obstacle, right? What was the name? Crowd, multitude, right? So they were walking, they're going to the house that Jesus is preaching. They're trying to enter. There's a multitude. Okay, so try to walk, trust me. So try to walk this way. Try, try. <laughs> and there, there's this multitude that they're hearing about Jesus, right? I'm going to say something. Sometimes the church has the same, uh, is, uh, the same um, mindset as the multitude. Instead of trying to help someone in need, they just, want, uh, they just want to go to church to receive and to gain and to gain. They don't care about people. They don't care about paralytic men. They don't care about souls. They don't care about uh, people that are dying going to hell. They just want something for themselves. Probably you're coming here without realizing that you you're, you're just want some peace on your mind. You come to church not because you, you can actually give something to someone else or uh, share the gospel, share the good news. You come to church just to have a peace of mind. 
you're tired of your week working, and you come to church as a uh, like Catholic, like a uh, ritual every weekend, every weekend, every weekend, but you're there like a, the multitude over there without helping. Imagine that multitude being different, like the, with a lot of faith. They were like, oh, okay, so you want to walk? Come, come, Jesus is there. Come this way. And then we were able to, to go directly with Jesus. But that was not the case. So uh, the first point that I have is that they work as a team. And church needs to do the same thing. They need to figure it out how we can reach more souls to Jesus. So they figured out how to carry the man without harm. Uh, probably, can you drop him? No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, <laughs> they didn't drop the paralytic man. But they struck with an obstacle. The Bible doesn't tell that they, they were um, discouraged. They overcome the obstacle, right? What did they do? Come here. What does the Bible say about the, uh, them going directly to Jesus? They, they were not able to come through the doors, so what did they do? They make a hole in the house, in the ceiling, right? So, the Bible doesn't tell us, if you can come here, and uh, can you do some squats? No? Can you do a, a hole in the ceiling, some of you? No? I'm just kidding. Overcoming the obstacle. So, look Mark uh, 2, verse 4. Look what it says. Mark 2, number 4. It says... And when they could not come nigh unto him for the prayers, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed where the sick of the palsy lay. And I love verse number five. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. So Jesus was seeing the faith of these four men that were carrying the, the paralytic. In the same way, we need to show our faith. We need to be in touch with God in the same way that they were. So if we face an obstacle, we need to overcome it as they did. So we need to imitate their faith. But sometimes we're more concerned about worldly things. And uh, some, you think your, your job is important, and it is. You need to provide to your family. You think your uh, friends are important, and they are. You think your family is important, and yes, indeed, your family is important. But you as a Christian, the most important thing as a Christian is the Great Commission. Those things are important, but sometimes we put them over the most important thing as Christians. Oh, I cannot go to church. I cannot go on Saturdays to go and do soul winning because I have this date with my cousin or I have this thing on my work and sometimes we put worldly things over the most important thing which is the great commission soul winning I don't know if you can relate but when, um, some years ago I was working on Saturdays are you good? You're all sweaty, but yeah, I can see that. Okay, so you're going to be there for like 10 more minutes, okay? 
I was working on Saturdays. And one time, uh, the um, assistant pastor told me, hey, uh, why, you, why you're, you're not coming on Saturdays to do soul winning? And I told him, I'm working. I'm working. And I was, that was my excuse of working. But he figured, he's smart, so he figured it out. And he told me, and do you work on nights? No, I don't work on nights. Well, I can join you. Can you come to church? We can go and do soul winning on nights. I want to put an excuse, but I, I didn't have any, right? Because I was not working on nights. So he pushed me to do soul winnings, even though I was working on Saturdays. And sometimes some of you, you will need to figure it out how you can do the, the God's will, even though you cannot come here on Saturdays, you cannot go on the, the specific day to do soul, soul winning, but God wants you to do his will. Not to give some excuses. We're good to give excuses. Now, these four men were carrying this paralytic man, right? They make a hole in the ceiling. But imagine Jesus there just seeing that some guys are doing the hole and something is falling from, from the ceiling. Uh, so we don't know whose house was it, right? Some... Um, some uh, people says that they were from uh, Peter, right? We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us whose house, who has was it. But what we know is that they were making a hole. Imagine that it's your house. So you let pastor go to your house and preach a, a message, right? And all of a sudden, someone is making a hole in your roof. You will be screaming. You will be saying, hey, stop. Stop. Don't make the hole. You'll be calling your insurance company, right? So you can get some money. This was not the case. That was not important. The important thing was that a paralytic man needed Jesus. So these four men, they knew that probably they were, someone would charge them, right, because of the hole. Or they would stay late uh, trying to repair the hole. They didn't care. They sacrificed because they knew what it, what it was important was this paralytic man, this sweaty paralytic man that is struggling to, to maintain the form there. <laughs> but that was the important, and we need to do the same thing as a church. So thank you, thank you. If you can just drop him. Yeah, like that. No? You know the rest of the story on Mark, the Bible says that Jesus saved him. Uh, give him an applause. The Bible tells that uh, he was saved from the condition of being paralytic, right? But not only that, Jesus saw their faith, right? And saw the faith of the paralytic man. He was saved from his sins, right? So what happens if we don't preach the gospel? What happens if we don't support missions? What happens is that there's no one to go and share the good news. That's it. So I'm going to say something really carefully so you don't um, misunderstand it. We already have the gospel. We know that Jesus died for our sins. And that's so important. That changed my life. But we can, we can make that nothingness if we don't share the gospel. Like, it doesn't have value if a person that, if a lost doesn't hear it. So we are in charge to deliver the good news. So we already have the good news, 
But if we don't go there and, and grab someone that haven't heard of it, that doesn't have value. He will go to hell. He, don't, he won't go to heaven. So, and the Bible gives us a lot of details about hell. It's a horrible place. So, if we don't go to, 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 the, to try to get uh, the lost, if we don't go to preach the gospel, if we don't go there, they will not hear it. They will not hear the good news and they will go to hell. Not because God wants to, them to go to hell, it's because we are not committed to God to do the, His will, the Great Commission. Now, join me on verse number 11, on Mark 2, 11. Look what it says. So what is the conclusion if we do the Great Commission? Look what it says. Verse 11. I say it unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And look verse 12. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. So that is the purpose. The purpose is to reach one more soul. One more soul. So we're working in San Luis Rio, Colorado. So we're trying our best uh, to finish this building, right? But that's not important. They're, they're asking me, my pastor and some friends, why are you not moving the date of the inauguration? Why, you're, you, why if you start on January of the next year, you will have some time to save some money and finish the building. Uh, I compromise myself with God and I say, God, I'm going to start a deputation, but I will start church on October 15. So that was my, I was compromised with that. And uh, we didn't reach the 100% of the, of the goal that we have. We reached uh, 55%. Well, we still decided to go. And we have been working two months tirelessly without stopping. And challenges come across, but we're facing them because we're committed with God. We know the value of the souls of San, in San Luis Rio, Colorado. And I told this pastor, why are, he told me, well, why are you not moving the date? And I told him, a pipe, a drain pipe can wait. Uh, the building, uh, the sheathrock can wait. But the souls in hell don't wait. So we're compromised with God. So we can start and, and do soul winning to reach more souls for Christ. Are you compromised? Sometimes we're more compromised with uh, Netflix, with our cars, with our friends, that win God. Oh, how you can say that? I give to missions. Really? Sometimes we give more to Disney Plus and all these subscriptions that we, we give to missions. Let me tell you something from, the, from a missionary. These two months, we have been spending every cent on the building. Every cent that churches have been sending, we're spending it so we can finish the building, so we can do more soul winning, so we can uh, print more treats. So what, we, what you send is 
actually in use for the, for the will of God, to accomplish the will of God. So don't say that, oh, I can just give $20 per month, and that's not a lot. I'm not going to give you anything. No, believe me, $20 makes a difference. So pastors, we usually, um, we tend to um, strike to Starbucks, right? We say, hey, Starbucks, Starbucks, and Coca-Cola, right? It's not... We don't have a problem with Starbucks. The problem that we have is that sometimes we spend more on coffee than we spend on missions. And believe me, I do enjoy a good Starbucks coffee. But if I'm spending more in Starbucks coffee than I give to missions, I do have a problem. Because I don't in, I'm not in synchrony with God. Because for God, that is not important. What is important is souls being rich. If you say that souls have some value, how do you prove it? How do you prove it? Are you compromised for real? Or what is God expecting for you? Just to be sitting there with your attitude towards God every Sunday, every Sunday, coming to church without doing anything, just sitting there? That's God. That's what God wants for you? I don't think so. The Bible says that God wants us to go and reach more souls. But you cannot go to San Luis Rio, Colorado, or you will not go there. Or to uh, Honduras, or uh, I don't know, Costa Rica, Russia, China. But you can send someone to reach more souls over there. That's how the Great Commission works. That's the time where uh, in Acts 1.8, where our brother Richard was uh, talking about, it is at the same time reaching to the othermost parts of the world. How we can do that? Can we divide ourselves and go everywhere? No, we cannot. Well, we can have someone, an ambassador, reaching more souls in her name. So this church can make a difference in San Luis Rio, Colorado. Of course, it has been a huge difference in Hermosillo. Thanks to you, you have part of me being saved because you sent a missionary over there. And I have a lot of testimonies that I can, I can give you, but a lot of souls have been saved in Hermosillo. And once you reach heaven, you will see what you did over there. Just being faithful, sending your support. So it's not about money, it's about their heart. That we, we say that we, we see the value on souls, we say that it's important, but we don't demonstrate it. You just give $1, $2, or you, you don't even pray for the missionaries. So what we ask as missionaries is, please first pray for us. That's what we need. Second, be faithful with your church. If you're faithful with your church and missions, we can accomplish. You can, you can give if you can go, but we can work if we're there. It's so simple. And we need to imitate the faith of these four men. They actually team up. They had a strategy how to cross those lands 
They didn't stop with the obstacles. They continued because they saw the value of the soul of their friend. So, Jesus had compassion for the crowds, but he showed special love for, love for each soul. I don't know if you remember the Samaritan woman, uh, the woman with the issue with the blood um, for 12 years, uh, the leper. Everyone, he was showing love for each one in the crowds. Are you showing love for the crowds? Are you showing love for the ones who are walking there and their, that their destiny is hell? What if we do, do, do something different? What if we start uh, uh, saying, hey, God, I'm sorry. I haven't showed the love that you want me to show to the lost. But I want to be different. This month, I'm going to prepare myself to start showing love towards them. This is the time. So you have a whole month to prepare yourself, to prepare your heart, and commit to God, not to the missionary, not to the pastor, to God. God, I want to do a commitment with you. I want to show the same value that you show for the lost.